Good morning. I'm Joe Collins and welcome to See Me Church. Our mission is to love God and people one household at a time. We are a group of ordinary people who believe in the extraordinary message of Jesus Christ. So no matter who you are or what your story, we're glad you're here. So we've been in a series called One-on-One -on -one with Jesus. The idea is to look at different interactions Jesus had with various people in Scripture to see what we can learn. Today, we've done all 14 one-on-ones with Jesus. And last week, I modified the series to include my own personal one-on-one -on -one with Jesus. And I shared about the importance church plays in my, not only my life, but also in my faith in God. At the end of my series, I invited you, the church, to share about your one-on-ones with Jesus. We're dedicating the entire month of August to hearing from each other and how our one-on-ones with Jesus have affected us and changed us. Today, we've got three brothers who are willing to share. Logan Popak, Peter Revizzo, and Darren Vasquez. At the end of their sharing, I'll come back and lead us in a time of communion, and then we'll be done. But before we do that, I wanna ask my good friend, Daniel Contreras, to open things up in a word of prayer. Good morning, Simi Church. I hope everyone is doing well during these uh, unprecedented times. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name is Daniel, and I'll be leading us in our time of prayer today. Uh, this morning, I want to touch on the subject of peace. Uh, you know, with everything that has happened in the world um, and in our communities recently, uh, on top of all of our responsibilities already, you know, in the home, in our jobs, in the church, uh, it's really easy to uh, focus on all of these things. And it's really easy to get overwhelmed, to get stressed out, to get anxious, um, even to get worked up, angry, upset, scared, and worried. We start thinking about all these things and we forget what the Lord Jesus told us. In John 14, 27, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, God has made it possible for us to experience a kind of peace that is unlike anything else. An inner peace that comes from being saved, forgiven of our sins, and reconciled to God the peace of Jesus Christ Himself. We don't have to be stressed or anxious. We don't have to be angry or upset. We don't have to be scared or worried because we can be confident that whatever may come, we are made right with God only on the grounds of the blood that was shed by His Son on the cross of Calvary. God offers this peace and makes it freely available to anyone who is willing to accept it. So the question to think about as we go in our time of prayer right now is, what is preventing us from fully experiencing this peace? What things are we stressing about or are we anxious about? What things are we angry or upset about? What things are we scared or worried about? 
Let's bring these things up to God and leave them with Him. He wants to take them from us and relieve us of these things. Let's ask Him to replace these things with that peace. He wants to give it to us. Let's take a couple minutes to pray, and then I'll come back and close us out. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you this morning for your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the peace that you make available through Him. We thank you, God, that we can experience this kind of peace even in the midst of troubling times as we're experiencing today. Father, we ask that you take from us anything that is preventing us from fully experiencing this kind of peace. You know, God, the things that worry us, the things that stress us out. You know the things that make us angry and upset. Father, take all these things from us and replace those things in our hearts with the peace of Jesus Christ. We ask these things in his lovely and precious name, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Been holding on for too long, singing the same, the same song. All right, everyone. Um, Today I have the privilege of being one of the people who gets to share my one-on-one with Jesus. And um, today my uh, one-on-one actually comes from a story from uh, a midweek about like a couple weeks ago. It's actually a funny story. Um, And it started with, uh, we were having a midweek, um, and it was a Zoom midweek, uh, like most of us are kind of probably used to at this point. But um, me and Kyle, when we have our midweeks, uh, we share a computer, so we're in the same room. 
And uh, during the midweek, uh, Josh had shared a passage from um, Galatians chapter 5. I couldn't tell you the exact verse off the top of my head, but I do remember that much. Um, but Josh shared that scripture, and uh, Ellie uh, in that uh, part was like, oh, I heard that scripture earlier today. I can really feel like uh, God's uh, trying to say something to me today. And that is amazing, and that is awesome. Me and Kyle and I are a little bit of immaturity. We're joking around because we're like, yeah, you heard Galatians 5, but what about hearing like Habakkuk twice in the same day? Then I'll know God's speaking to me. Um, but we were just joking around. Uh, it's really awesome when God does speak a scripture to us twice in the same day. But the joke we made and later at that midweek actually ended up talking to me and Kyle, Ellie and Josh about um, how often um, we can hear the same couple of scriptures over and over again, but how rarely we can hear some of the unheard stories of the Bible. Um, because we were talking here, we're like, I know I've been through something like Habakkuk, but I couldn't tell you what exactly it is off the top of my head. And same with so many other books of the Old Testament. And so today, my, um, my focus with my one-on-one with Jesus has been lately finding Jesus in the Old Testament and having that impact of what he is in the Old Testament on the New Testament. And that's what's been a really cool experience for me lately. Um, and what I found is that the Old Testament takes a little bit more time. Um, I'm not a Joe where I know every last little bit of Hebrew history and the context of all of it. I'm not my brother where I could spout out uh, every single last little thing that was going on in that time period. But what I can tell you is I have tried to find a way to equip myself with enough knowledge in order to really be able to see Jesus in the Old Testament and really get to understand and feel the impact of that. Because I think the Old Testament can kind of scare us sometimes um, because we, we view it as a little less cut and dry. When you read the New Testament and Jesus speaking, he very plainly tells you what he means most of the time. And even when he doesn't, when he speaks in a parable, half the time in the next chapter, uh, he talks and explains what the parable means. And so it's a little easier to understand. Or when Paul writes a letter, we, we can understand these things. And some of the verses are just a little bit more comforting. You might walk into your house and you, somebody's house, you might see Hebrews 11.1, or he's talking about faith and things like that. Or there's a lot of memory scriptures in the New Testament, but there's very few things people like to quote in the Old Testament. I can bet you, you can count on one hand how many times somebody told you to turn to numbers uh, during a sermon. But my goal with my one-on-one today has been to really be able to use a book like Numbers or Lamentations or the Habakkuk of the Bible and really be able to connect with it and actually grow with Jesus in it. And for me, what it's taken to kind of make that connection, because like I said, the Old Testament can sometimes be a little bit daunting for people who don't know every last thing about it, is I think one thing that's really important to understanding the Old Testament is to equip yourself with the tools to be able to understand it. For me, that was two books. Uh, one of them is called The Concise Bible Commentary, and if you don't have it, I highly recommend getting it. It's a, a book that's about the size of a Bible, um, but it goes through every book of the Bible, every verse, and every chapter, and it explains the context of what's going on, how it connects to other things later or earlier in the Bible, and um, how, what the history is and what is the context of the whole book in general, who wrote it, what time period it's in, and all these things. So it's basically a giant explanation. But um, what's cool about it is it's not some mind-numbing chapter book you have to read page by page by page. 
it's organized just exactly like the Bible, every book, every chapter, every verse. And what's cool is every time I go to read something from the Old Testament, I'll read that chapter in the concise Bible commentary first, and then I'll read that chapter in the actual Bible, and I can understand, oh, this is the context of, that it's talking about, or oh, this actually connects to a passage much later in Luke or something like that. And it's really cool because it helps me understand God's plan at every point of the Bible. And with that, I love to also use um, a Bible that uh, Gio and Karen actually got for me when I graduated that I had left under my bed for a long time and then I found once my actual Bible got destroyed by my dogs, but it's called a Jesus-centered Bible. And what's cool about it, I like to call it a blue-centered Bible, a blue, blue-letter Bible, because um, just like you have Jesus in the New Testament when he talks with the red letters, in the Old Testament, every verse that references something to Jesus or something he quotes later or some foreshadowing of what Jesus might do is written in blue letters. And then it has a little uh, like asterisk where it tells you why it's connected to Jesus and where in the New Testament you can find that connection. And I love it because with those two books combined, I can understand what's going on in that Old Testament and what the overall message is. And then I can also find how it connects with Jesus. And it's these two things combined that have allowed me to really expand the Bible and its knowledge and its connection with God for me. And what's really cool about that is I think a lot of times um, we can feel like the Bible is a little dry at times. We can get a little sick of our one-on-one with Jesus. Um, You know, I work a lot with the campus ministry and with the teen ministry, and a lot of times when I meet up with people and they talk about, hey, it's been hard to have a quiet time lately, or hey, you know, it's been kind of dry or repetitive, or I'm not really getting much out of it. And I find a lot of the time we can get stuck in that is because we're treating this 2,000-page book like it's only got 200 pages. And so we read through the same stories that we can quote off the back of our hand, but we don't take the time to try to understand the things we know far less about. And I think it's really something impactful when we can really get to know God in a new way. And I think, yeah, sometimes it takes a little extra things like an extra concise Bible commentary, an extra blue letter Bible or something like that. But it's when we take those extra steps or we take that extra moment to really deep, dive deep with God, we get so much more out of it. And I can tell you right now, I'm very happy to be able to expand my 200 page book into a 2000 page book. Because then you really understand the impact of what Jesus does in the New Testament when you understand what he did in the Old Testament. And to give you an example of actually how easy it can be to make these connections um, with the right tools, I want to take a book of the Bible that I can guarantee you you probably haven't been to in a while. And the one I want to talk about real quick is Lamentations. Lamentations is a book of the Bible that when I was barely becoming a Christian, I only knew it was a book of the Bible because me and uh, Dylan used to play a video game where when you upgraded a gun, it got called Lamentation. And he used to nickname it the Bible gun, and I had no idea why he did that until I finally realized, oh, Lamentations is a book of the Bible. Um, and I've been through it once or twice uh, when I've like read through the whole Bible. Um, but what's really cool is when I actually did it with the concise Bible commentary and with the blue letter Bible, and I took the time to be like, okay, where is Jesus in this book of just lamenting. Uh, For those of you who don't know what uh, lamenting means, it's like a deep sorrow or crying out, that kind of thing. But what's really cool is is they talk about how the parallels between uh, the lament of Israel and Lamentations is very similar to Jesus' lament before he goes on the cross and how he weeps for Israel. 
And uh, it's really cool when you actually read Lamentations with that context. It's not a very long book of the Bible, but when you read it with that context, you can really see almost God or Jesus is crying out for his lost people. And he sees the sins that they've been through, and he sees all these things and the way that God is not with them anymore, and he cries about it. And he laments. And when you read it with that context, you can almost feel Jesus' emotions before he goes on that cross and that sorrow he has for his people. And it's really cool, uh, the parallels you can see, because actually Lamentations ends with a passage, um, and I'll paraphrase, but it talks about, um, at the very end, he's like, God, have you forsaken your people? And if you can recall correctly, that might sound familiar, because Jesus, when he goes on the cross, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so when you read this book of Lamentations, that's hundreds of years before Jesus comes around, you can really feel Jesus' emotions. You can really see the sorrow he has. And it's something you might not ever connect if you don't take the time to try to look for those parallels, to try to find Jesus a bit in the Old Testament. I'll take another one for our last example in uh, Numbers. Um, Numbers is a book of the Bible that I can guarantee you I have never read without at least zoning out once. Numbers is literally a book of numbers about measurements, about weights, about heights, about lengths, about widths, about everything you needed to get to the point, to the correct thing, in order to have a righteous relationship with God. It talked about every last thing you need. It talked about how the tabernacle needed to be set up. It talks about how you need to uh, do your sacrifice at the altar. And I'm not going to lie, it's a pretty hard book of the Bible to just kind of read through. But there is even a message to be gleaned from Numbers. One of the coolest things that um, I found from that um, was that when you read Numbers, it might be tempted to just kind of zone out and not really pay attention to that. But one of the cool things about Numbers is you can really see what the impact is of Jesus dying on the cross. More so than just how we're forgiven of our sins and things like that, because we hear that every last day. But the thing I don't think we really appreciate, because we didn't grow up in it, is the appreciation for the very personal relationship we get to have with God. Because before Jesus, it was numbers. It was exactly, hey, you got to cut this stone the right way. When you uh, pre- present your sacrifice, you got to make sure it's spotless. When you do this, you got to be ceremonially clean. You have to do it through a mediator like a priest. You can't have a direct one-on-one relationship with God because you can kind of forget that. Because a lot of times when we read the more well-known books of the Bible, things like Exodus or when we read Job or Jonah, those people have a very personal relationship with God. But the majority of the average person had a very impersonal relationship with God. The relationship with God was more one of, I don't want to sin. I got to make the sacrifice for the sins I have had. I got to have somebody else pray to God on my behalf. Moses told me, hey, don't do this. I got a new thing to obey. But... They didn't get to pray directly to their God very often. They didn't get to have their own personal walk with Jesus. And so Jesus dying on that cross washed away those needs. And so now we get to live in a world where there is no mediator between us and God besides Jesus. There is no sacrifice you got to present on an altar because Jesus already died for you. There is no exact number that you need to meet in order to have the right place of worship. You don't need to be ceremonially clean. You don't need to have a priest. You don't need to have a goat. Now you get to walk with God one-on-one. 
get to talk to him personally, present your greatest achievements and your worst sorrows. So what I'm asking you guys is don't miss the awesome messages and the awesome way you can get to know Jesus so much better in the Old Testament. I know most of you probably, are, and maybe not even most, some of you are probably like, well, actually, I do read the Old Testament. It's not something that's scary to me. It's not something I shy away from. Um, but I want to ask you, how deep have you gone into that? Have you taken the time to equip yourself with the tools to understand Jesus in a new light? If you're somebody who's been around the block and you, you're like, you know what, I've been through the Bible quite a few times, and sometimes it can be a little repetitive or cut and dry. I think that's a sign that it's time to take a step deeper and to start equipping yourself with a deeper knowledge and looking for deeper connections. Because a lot of times we can read a book of the Bible and think, okay, how does it apply to me? And very rarely can we read a book of the Bible and think, how does it apply to Jesus and what he's doing here? And how does this long story actually interwoven? Because if you treat the Bible like each book is its own, a lot of it is going to be lost on you. But when you can see the way everything is woven together, when you can see how important it is that they include those lineages you want to skip through, but when you see that it actually proves that Jesus is a son of Jacob, Isaac, Abraham, and uh, heir to the throne. And you can see all these different things that God is setting up thousands of years in advance. And so I just ask you, in your long one with Jesus, take the time to expand the book from 200 to 2,000. And I'm sure most of you do, and I'm probably preaching to the choir, but um, for me, I know it was something really cool. And I think it's really been an awesome experience to kind of get to understand uh, Jesus a bit in the whole Bible, not just the red letters. And um, if that's something you already do, then I'm happy to just get to share my experience with you. But if it's not, I would really implore you to try to really build that new relationship with Jesus. And if you're wondering about those books that I use to help me with my one-on-one time with Jesus, the one is called the Concise Bible Commentary, and the Blue Letter Bible, as I call it, is called the Jesus-Centered Bible. Um, And if you ever forget about those titles and you still want to be able to buy those books, uh, just let me know. I can tell you the titles again, but I highly recommend it because it really has helped me take my faith a lot deeper. Thank you guys for listening to me. I hope you enjoyed my one-on-one with Jesus, and I hope it helps you with your one-on-one with Jesus. Hello, everyone. My name is Peter, and today I'm going to share with you my one-on-one with Jesus. I'm going to be reading from the book of Luke, chapter 18, starting in verse 9. To some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. I've been a Christian 20 years, 
And recently, for the last few years, it's been very difficult for me to even pray. Um, I've been like the tax collector in that it's been very difficult to look up to heaven. Because even though I've been a Christian for so long, I'm just as sinful as I ever was. I thought that being a Christian this long, at this point, I would be somehow on this other level spiritually. And being aware that I'm not has been really discouraging. It's made me feel kind of hopeless. And then I read this passage and it has refreshed my faith because Jesus teaches that God is endeared to someone who realizes that they're so sinful they just need his mercy. Um, it's been so refreshing to know that I can go to God to pray and just come to God with the attitude that, God, I have nothing. The most important thing that I need is just mercy because I'm a sinner. And that brings me closer to God. And that's endearing to Jesus. So this passage has been so great for me at this point in my faith. Uh, just to know that God is endeared to me. God comes close to me when I come to him with this kind of heart. That's my one-on-one -on -one with Jesus. Good morning, church. Just wanted to, uh, first of all, say thank you to Joe for giving uh, me the opportunity to speak this morning. Um, I think it's a great idea to let the church hear from some very spiritual and motivational brothers this morning, uh, as well as some common sinners like myself. So before we get started, let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we thank you so much for opening our eyes to your world through the scriptures. You give us direction for our lives. You help us to learn through our failings and shortcomings. And teach us wisdom through your word. Open our hearts and minds as we look at your scriptures this morning. And move us with your spirit. Amen. So, like many people, I've been working from home since March. When the quarantine busted out across the nation. And uh, at first, I was working out of our dining room table. Which is a common area of the house and I found out quickly that that's not the best place to be. This high traffic that went through there, they were distracting me throughout the day and I was annoying them throughout the day with my loud conference calls. So after about a month of that, I moved out to the garage and I set up my little office out there and it's nothing fancy, nothing too exciting, uh, but it works for me. Um, it's been kind of fun, um, you know, I've got the family still nearby they still come out and say hi to me from time to time. So it's just been kind of a fun thing just to see them throughout the day and, and keep in touch with them. Uh, it's been kind of good. So, um, however, there are some times when it's not ideal for them to come in. For the most part, I put my conference calls on mute so that if I am interrupted suddenly, uh, that the noise doesn't uh, go to everybody on the call. So uh, one day I happened to be on a, vi a video conference call and it was a training session and it was being recorded. And Jenny came in, my lovely wife of 23 years, uh, 
and she asked me a question. And I had the headphones on, and I'm sitting there, well, can't you see I've got headphones on? I'm kind of busy. I didn't say it, but then I said it with my what. So I took off an ear and all what. I was probably more like what, you know, with the face. Very dismissive, very annoyed, like why do you even bother me? I'm, I'm, I'm learning here. So she asked me again, and she was fine. I mean, like I said, it was not a big deal. But for some reason, I was just so defensive. And it came across that way. And then we started going back and forth a little bit. I'm like, can't you see I'm trying to learn here? I got some things going on. And then uh, that's when I heard in my other ear, Darren, can you please put yourself on mute? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been in a situation like that? Where somebody, is, where you say something and you know you shouldn't have said it. And it's like, oh man, now it's forever recorded for my other co-workers uh, to listen to again and again and again. Uh, but yeah, so not a highlight. Um, but it but it really did kind of show me something. It showed me where my heart was at. And it showed me that I needed to work on my heart. If something like that, something so small and uh, just, just to, in that exchange be so frustrated and annoyed, it was just kind of showing me where my heart was at. You know, there's lots of ways that we can interpret words and um, the way things are said. A lot of times, uh, the tone that we say it with makes a big difference. So if I had asked, you know, if I had responded more like with, uh, oh, uh, what, or what can you say that again? Something a little bit more in a humble sense, as opposed to something like, what? Like a dismissive or, <laughs> what? I mean, there's so many different ways you can say even the word what, and it means so many different things. And, you know, again, the things that we say, the things that come out of our mouth, are what what we have to to deal with that's an overflow of our heart um, and I saw I saw that as I was looking in Luke chapter 6 because I, I needed to work on my heart and I wanted to find out how to do that and so I found in Luke chapter 6 verse 45 says the good man brings good things out of the good stored in his heart and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart for out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. And that's my first point, is what is stored in your heart? So with my interaction with Jenny, I saw that there was evil stored up in my heart. And it came right out of my mouth. It was a reflection of where my heart was at the time. Uh, you know, I, I apologize later on for being rude and snippy and we were able to reconcile. Um, but my mouth got me in trouble. My attitude, uh, the tone that I said it with, all of those things. I, had, I should have responded better, but I didn't. And it was indicative of a, of a heart problem that I had to deal with. So what does one do to fix that? Well, for starters, I needed to start filling my storage in my heart with good things things that were better for me, things that were more spiritual. I needed to spend more time in the Bible. I needed to spend more time in prayer with God. I needed to spend more time with my oikos. And so when I did that, I found, guess what? <laughs> it helped a bunch. 
So later on in that week, I ended up studying out the book of James. And I'll tell you, if you have not read that in a while, it's probably one of the best books to read right now. It's so pertinent to what's going on in our world and our nation. Um, it talks about what was happening to the early churches. They were going through persecution in chapter 1, and so he encourages them to endure these trials, to persevere through them, to help it build your faith. In chapter 2, he talks about how there was favoritism. It's an ism. It's one of those, like, racism or, you know, whatever. It's, it's something where we are favoring one person over another, and that shouldn't happen. And James addresses it. It's amazing. Like I said, something that was written 2,000 years ago is so relevant to today. So I'd encourage you not only to, to read James when you get a chance, um, but really be inspired by it and, and, and it helps to give you direction that you need as a, a disciple through these type of challenging times. So I spent more time also with God in prayer. And I got plenty of time doing that as I traveled up north to see my dad for some other things. And then also to, again, uh, vacation up at Donner Lake. It was a nice, long, seven-hour drive going up there. And we spent some time with my uncles, my wife, and her her parents, and my dad. And uh, So I really did kind of start filling up my storage with good things. And... Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really neat to see that my dad is part of my oikos, and I, I felt like I had been neglecting that relationship. Um, and to see the effort when I put that in, to see what comes out, the fruit that comes from that, is amazing. So spending some time with him really did help him. You know, it was something that was super encouraging for him, uh, as well as myself. It was something that we just needed to do. So, um, yeah, spend some time with your oikos and make it quality time. So, again, that's what I've been doing to kind of fix the things in my heart. And my second point is what words come out of your mouth. And so I started looking at my heart and I realized I also need to hear what's coming out of my mouth so I can understand where my heart's at. And as part of that study, um, I was again looking in the Bible and I came across Proverbs 4 verse 20 to 27 and there it says my son pay attention to what I say listen closely to my words don't let them out of your sight keep them in your heart they are life to those who find them they are health to a person's whole body above everything else guard your heart everything you do comes from it don't speak with twisted words Keep evil talk away from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Keep looking right in front of you. Think carefully about the paths that your feet walk on. Always choose the right ways. Don't turn to the right or left. Keep your feet from the path of evil. And there's so many things that you can see in it, how it talks about, you know, listening and paying attention to what the Bible says putting it in your heart and, and protecting that. And then it also talks about, you know, the way you say things. What you say is is important. I'll tell you another quick story. 
So last week um, I was out disc golfing with Ian and Bodie and we were at a local disc golf course here in Simi and on one of the fairways there's it's kind of a narrow little stretch not super narrow but it's narrow enough and you want to stay right. I decided to throw my disc and it went far farther than I expected but unfortunately it also went far left and so as it went far left it went in towards the street and it actually hit the back of a parked car and so I was like oh man there's a lot of things I thought right then I'm all this is not what I needed to have happen um, so I went over and I saw the damage and unfortunately it wasn't anything uh, too bad but after the owner came over and checked it out we exchanged numbers and uh, I, I told him yeah go ahead and get an estimate and we can uh, go ahead and work it out so he left and then uh, after that uh, he texted me uh, kind of a, an estimate that he kind of found online and so I saw the amount it was like 600 bucks what what are you kidding me <laughs> yeah exactly so what would you have said I mean how would you have responded to something like that if that happened to you and I think uh, what you have to also think about is how do you think Jesus would have responded what would Jesus have said to this guy how would he have done that and I, I think uh, you know it's situations like this that come up all the time and we're put in these tough situations um, and a lot of times we have our own opinions and, and we really just respond right away like here's the way I feel here's what I think this is what I believe and I don't care who think who knows what I think I'm just gonna put it out there and I see it a lot with social media and you can see how people can be so divisive online especially in those type of forums when you're not face to face when you're not having to see that person right next to you with those those thoughts and you saying those thoughts it makes a difference and so it's a situation like this I mean do you guard your heart in those type of situations are the words and videos that you post are they coming from the good stored in your heart or out of the evil that you're that's stored in your heart. So just remember, you know, what it says in Proverbs 4, 20 24. It says, Don't speak with twisted words. Keep evil talk away from your lips. We need to use care with the words that we use. In James 3, verse 9 and 10, it says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. We need to use our words as Christ used his words to help reconcile and unite the people to God. So, yeah, when this guy had texted me that, there was a lot of things that I wanted to text back that were not Christ-like. However, I decided to fill my heart with some things that uh, were good by reading my Bible. I spent some time in prayer and I even talked with Mike Oikos about it just to kind of run things through. And uh, after that I was able to make some arrangements with an auto body shop for us to both go over and have his car estimated. 
and to see what the damage would be. So we did uh, earlier this week and uh, we went over there and they took a look at it, they checked out the scratch, they tried to do a little uh, polish job on it to see how it worked and fortunately it was just the top coat and that had the little scuff marks so it was a scuff not a scratch and they were able to take it right out. It looked brand new uh, by the time that he was done 10 minutes later. So the guy was happy. He ended up going on his merry way. He had to go to work. Um, and then I went in to go pay. And I said, okay, so what, you know, how much is that going to cost me? And uh, that's when they came back and said, you know what, no charge. Praise God. Let me tell you, I was praising God that day after that. I mean, it was amazing uh, just how when you fill your, yourself with those good things that it's going to translate into something later on God does you know God does deserve the glory that he's given so anyway uh, as you go on to this week uh, as you go to work as you're meeting with your Oikos or uh, whether online or in person however you do it I uh, just wanted to have you keep these two things in mind and that's one what is stored in your heart and then the second one is what words come out of your mouth. Thank you.